<laughs> What's up, everyone? <laughs> Welcome back to the Supply and Demand podcast. This is the first episode of season two. We're very, very excited to be back. I'm Nate, one of your hosts. Next to you, Greg. This is Steven. And I am Mike. How's it going, Ooh. everybody? Wait, wait, what's that? Um, did we skip someone, or...? Oh, oh yes. Uh, yes. Right, uh, sorry, we just, uh, we just fell, <laughs> <laughs> fell upon a touchy subject there. <laughs> it's still fresh. I'm still sad. So, uh, yeah, you may remember there were five members of the Supply and Demand podcast uh, as of May 2017. There still are five members of the Supply and Demand and family. Always will be. There always will be. However, we're uh, sad to report that our our good buddy Alden will not be a full-time member of the cast. Um, he's going through some, some stuff right now. He had surgery this summer, and he's uh, carrying a lot of work this semester. So he made, he made his own decision to, uh, to leave the hosting crew, but... He's still working behind the scenes and still providing moral support for us. Um, we also live with him, so yeah. he's yeah. <laughs> really still, can't escape yeah. us. <laughs> still but part yeah. of the picture. For being honest, he really was the one pulling all the strings in the show. So, That's true. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a tough loss. <laughs> we we lament his loss, but we we go forth anyway, and uh, hopefully we can do some great things here. It's on season two of Supply and Demand. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you may have noticed when you opened up the podcast on your favorite podcast hosting app that the there's a new logo yes indeed uh, to symbolize this new era so exciting times and we have new exciting announcements to come probably next episode but we'll get there when we get there without further ado greg hit us with your uh, intellectual topic of the week well i just i'm just going to point out that i started the first topic of our our first episode of our last season I will do the same this season. So I don't really know how to explain what I'm going to be talking about, but basically it's like... Greg thinks a lot. <laughs> I do think a lot, and I think in analogies often, and I try to like make connections from different areas of, of, of life and then sort of pull them all together in an ultimate thesis kind of manner. Um, so basically what I've been thinking of lately, I thought about this a lot over the summer, is that... If you have like, sorry, I'm I'm a huge fan of this idea. So <laughs> I'm sure I'm not the first one who thought of it, but okay. So if you have if you have things, and you have to split them up into categories, like in ascending order of not necessarily importance, but in ascending order, so that you have different categories separating different types of characteristics out from one another, right? So like if you think about it with, with like age categories, if you are um, the the easiest example I can think of is um, in like a 5k road race like your your local 5k road race will have the finishers um, split up into different age groups so you'll have depending on how many people are running it you'll have like ages 10 and under then you'll have ages 10 to 16 and then you'll have 16 to 18 and and so on and so forth um, but what's interesting about that is that if you, let's say you're a really good, let's say you're in the 25 to 29-year-old category, and you're, like, pretty good at the 25 to 29-year-old category, but once you get to, like, 29, you're not as good as you were when you were, like, 25. So that means the people who are 25 are, like, like smoking you because 
you're in the same category as them, even though you're four, four years older than them, and you're older than them, and you're slightly past your prime. Well, they're like right in their prime. However, the next year, when you hit the thirty, um, the the thirty-year-old category, then you're like you're the youngest member of that new category, and so even though you weren't good in the old category, or even though you weren't as good in in the old um, category, you become like much better. Like you're the all of a sudden you're like you're winning every every road race in your in your category as a thirty-year-old. Even though as a 29-year-old, you were coming in the top 50% or maybe even the bottom 50%. So um, it's interesting to me how there's, there's like, it's almost like there's a, what, what categories sort of want you to think is that once you get past a certain threshold, then all of a sudden your characteristics are, different enough for you to be considered in a different category. Um, I don't know if this is making any sense to you. A really good... I'm following so far. Okay. I think um, the best example of this is actually if you have um, what's called a progressive income tax, which you have in the United States. Um, oh, okay. I can see where this might okay. intersect. So um, in a progressive income tax, what you have is uh, people are divided into categories based on their income levels. So actually this works with a non-progressive income tax too and we'll, I'll get to that. But um, so <laughs> um, everyone's split up into their uh, different categories based on how much money they make. So <clears throat> if, you, if you make from like anywhere from like zero, I don't know the actual numbers, but let's just say for the sake of the argument that it's from zero to $30,000, you're not getting taxed at all. Um, actually, let's say it's from zero to twenty nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine dollars. You're not getting taxed at all. However, once you hit the thirty thousand dollar mark, you're getting taxed at ten percent of your income. And then, so from thirty thousand dollars to let's say um, thirty nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine dollars, you're taxed at ten percent. But once you get to forty thousand dollars, then you're taxed at fifteen or twenty percent, and that keeps going up. So like. Um, I don't really know what the actual numbers are, but let's say you're making $299,999.99 a year. You get taxed like 40%. But then if you're making $300,000 a year, you're taxed at 50% or 45%, whatever the next, the ne- mm-hmm. whatever the next um, tier is. Mm-hmm. So what's interesting to me is that if you're on the lower end of the income distribution, Let's just, uh, if you're at the higher end of the lowest section of the income distribution, then you're not getting taxed at all. But the person who's making $1 more a year per year is getting taxed at 10% of their wealth, of their income. So um, it's interesting how that $1 or maybe that $0.01 cent can make enough of a difference in the eyes of the federal government to tax you that much more of your income. I'm going to leave that at that and, and have you guys uh, dissect that. Will do. Will do. Um, I'll jump in every once in a while, but I figured I'd drop that bombshell. <laughs> All right, see, see how you guys react to it. See you later, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go we get a here. Mike, Stephen, you have any initial reactions? Well, I wanted to go back and kind of think about it in your first example. Yeah, I think I was going to go back and try to get the basics okay. um, understood first as well. Yeah. If you need me to clarify anything, let me know. So do you think that's a problem with categories? I don't know. 
I haven't decided. Okay. It's it's an interesting oddity with categories. Yeah. Because it places, in some cases, it places the person the person that, you know, enters into that next category at a disadvantage for something like a, an income tax. Mm-hmm. But trying to apply it to something like ages, um, I guess it would place you at an advantage to be in the next category. It would, t- it would place you at an advantage. You'd be on the younger side. Right. It would, it would place to be at the beginning of the next yeah. category. Yeah. I think so it it's would, relative to the situation. Yeah. You know, how categories are kind of yeah. set up to advantage someone or disadvantage someone. It would place you at an advantage, but to all the people who are in that age category that aren't advancing to the next age category, it's a disadvantage. Mm. So. But if you're in a race and it's your age, mm-hmm. you're going to progress through all the categories naturally, one way or the other. Yeah. Where the, that's a uh, difference from the income distribution example. Sure. Where the individual isn't going to get to test out how the theory plays out in every category. Right. In theory. That's just, I don't know if that's yeah. a relevant uh, difference, distinction to make. It's just yeah. To me. Well, yeah. Originally, just this is going back to the very, very basic of the discussion when you were just explaining the, exi- the principle, kind of reminded me of like, going through high school and then going through college where you're a freshman twice and like <laughs> yeah, true. when yeah, you're beginning you're a freshman getting picked on the, the seniors <laughs> and then you're a senior and you get to pick on the freshman and then you get to be a year older and you're a freshman again Yeah, mm-hmm. but it's like well I'm actually older like I, the freshman in college is older than the senior in high school but the senior in high school it's like more has way power. more political power than the <laughs> freshman in college that's true right. that's well, interesting in, in the you know, within that institution, because obviously yeah. a college freshman is on track to become a lot more yeah. powerful than a high school senior, mm-hmm. at least earlier. Yeah. Because, like you said, everyone will kind of get there yeah. if they choose to. That works once you're done with college, too, that, that would apply. Um, I, assuming, like, if you're, you get hired by some sort of corporation or um, whatever you get hired by, then you're like the low man on the totem totem pole, mm-hmm. and then you have all these superiors who are like, they know all the all the ropes, and you're just sort of uh, hanging out there. So, yeah, it's. I think another one. The reason why I actually started thinking about this was over a summer I was a lifeguard, um, and according to like the Red Cross, the Red Cross is like the uh, organization that certifies all the lifeguards in the country. I think or something like that. Um, so according to the Red Cross, their guidelines say that if you have from anywhere from 1 to 25 people, no, anywhere from 1 to 24 people in the pool, you need one lifeguard on, right? Um, as, soon as, this, as soon as the 25th person goes in, you need two lifeguards on. You need a 25 to 1 ratio. Mm-hmm. So that applies also if you have 49 people on in the pool, you need two lifeguards on. If a 50, 50th person went in, you'd need three lifeguards on. What's interesting to me about that one, and this was really, this is what, like, really sort of opened my eyes about it, about this topic. Um, so when you're at, if, if you're up, at, if you have one lifeguard on duty and there's 24 people in the pool, um, you probably would want to have a second lifeguard up there just in case before before the 25th person goes in just because 24 people in the pool by yourself is kind of a lot to handle particularly if the pool is like oddly shaped like the one I was working at 
So if it's like if it's long enough where you can't see, you can't like see the entire pool, like from where you're sitting, you might want to have two lifeguards up. So then it's like okay, so let's not call it 25 lifeguards. Let's call it 15 or tw- not 25. Let's not call it 25 swimmers. We'll call it 15 swimmers. So instead of this isn't actually this is just like an intellectual exercise. Mm-hmm. So instead of there being instead of the guideline being go up to two lifeguards when there's 25 people in the pool, you say, oh, well, now there's 15 people in the pool. Let's send another lifeguard up. Um, That's also interesting because 15 is one more than 14, and yet you need another lifeguard to to help you cover the pool, Um, even though, like, the ratio only requires... It's a twenty-five to one ratio. So, like, I'm not, I'm not sure if I'm describing this uh, in the most um, direct manner, but if you're at twenty-five people in the pool, a twenty-six person comes in. So, by the by the guidelines, you need twenty, you need two lifeguards up. Mm-hmm. But, like, twenty-six isn't that many more than twenty-five. You can handle if you can handle twenty-five people in the pool, but or sorry, if, if you can handle twenty-four people in the pool. You can also conceivably handle twenty-five people in the pool. Mm-hmm. Now, let's say it was like okay, so you recognize that, so you up the up the category to one more. So now it's twenty-six. So, but that's like now you have twenty-five people in the pool, and twenty-six isn't that much more than twenty-five. <laughs> so you're like, well, sure, you can have twenty-six people in the pool just for one lifeguard. Like, at what point does it cross into the the area of oh, that's too many. Um, there's too many people in the pool for one lifeguard to handle. Um, I think that's that's the really interesting about interesting thing about the categories. If you go back to the income tax one, it's like, why does my one extra cent earn per year um, uh, make like, the difference of whether or not you're yeah. called uh, poor or not as poor? Right. right. Exactly. Yeah. And mm. this also so there's this thing. I don't know if you guys have heard of this. There's a thing called the, um, wait a minute, the flat tax, the flat tax rate, um, which is a, uh, it's basically a tax rate where everyone gets taxed the same amount of money. Um, not the same amount of money, the same percentage of their income. Uh, but with a flat, a flat tax rate, even people like people who don't make, un- or people who make under a certain amount of money per year aren't going to get taxed anyway because they just don't have enough money to like, to cover the cost of the tax, so um, that's also interesting. All right, so like, let's say you started at thirty thousand dollars, and everyone gets taxed ten percent. Um, so if you're at thirty thousand dollars, then you're getting taxed ten percent of your income. Uh, so that's three thousand dollars, right? Yep. But if you're at twenty nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine dollars, you'll profit twenty nine nine dollars, and the person who's at thirty thousand dollars will only profit twenty seven hundred dollars. Or twenty seven thousand dollars. Yeah, because you're not getting taxed at all. So you'll make more profit threshold. by not earning. Yeah, it's dollar. like it's almost like you're being rewarded for not making as much money. And that would apply at any. Yeah, at any category, not just the lowest bracket. Or well, I guess well, for I the flat about, tax it would, but the principle would apply. Yes, in with, any the, with the progressive income progressive tax, tax as well. Yeah. All right, well, see you next week. Um, I have a few things I can make. Uh, Steven, you're a little quiet over there. I'm not going to put you on the spot, but I kind of just did. No, I... (laughs) (laughs) Oh. Sorry, that was a lot. Um, All right, wait. So talking about the 
what do you call it? The something tax. Progressive income tax. Wait, which one? That one. The progressive one where it, different categories? Yeah. Okay. For the progressive income tax, mm-hmm. the first thing I want to say is, uh, like, I don't know if it matters, but I'm almost positive that, like, the the uh, margin for not getting taxed is all is only, like, $2,000. Like, if you make over $2,000 a year, I think you get taxed. Yeah, but I think you get all of that back, or very close to all of that back. Oh, that's true, actually. All right, you might... All right, so we'll... I think it's, like, $7,000 or something uh, well, like that. I don't... Either way, I... the... Yeah, the details aren't really that relevant. It's yeah, just it the concept. doesn't really matter. But, with, all right, so in real life, the yeah. way it works in America... Do, is it like that? Do they base it off the category, or is it individual? However much you make, they take. A certain like, is there also a category there. for the percentages there are that are taken that are taxed? Yeah, yeah the tax bracket. There are brackets, yeah. and the brackets. They were just actually the, further simplified, weren't they? Yeah, yes, they were, part of the the, um, the the Trump tax cuts. Yeah, the, the new tax bill so last year. Of, simplified the tax brackets like I don't know the exact number but it went from seven to four I think right right yeah. something like that so it's more of like a flat tax for more people like more people are paying the same amount of money yeah 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 they're they fall within so that basically what bracket. happens is if like <clears throat> everyone isn't divided into their bracket and each bracket has their own percentage tax applied to them applied to their income uh, I don't know if is it not personalized between everyone's income is it Strictly based off that category. Yeah, really. But the well, category determines a percentage. Yes. Yeah. Not. It's not like this category pays twenty thousand in taxes and the next category pays thirty thousand in taxes. It's right. this category pays fifteen percent and the next category. So based pays off how much you make, twenty percent. They will tax you a certain percentage. Yeah. Yeah. Of that. Of, of that what one. you make. Mm-hmm. And because so doesn't percent- that? Why would that not account for that? If it's a percentage, then you're still paying more if you make more. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, it's just right. a bigger. Per- it's just a bigger portion if yeah. you reach a certain limit. Okay. And then right. go into the next category. So, is there a gray area where, like, if you're in one, the lower bracket, you will be making more than the person in, right into the next? I think that's bracket? what Greg is hmm. insinuating. That's, that is what I'm insinuating. And in the same way, is there a way where you're less safe having two lifeguards? than you would have. Oh, I actually wanted to talk about that, too. Uh, oddly enough, I thought of a, a, a way to think about it using math. Okay. I have a mathematical application to all this as well. I wonder if it's the same. Uh, I, that would I don't. That would be pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, all right. Well, I'm assuming everyone here took some form of calc. Yes. I think you have to to get into college mm-hmm. or something. But, uh, all right. So, in calc, you learn about these things called series, which is basically just... Yeah a list of numbers that you uh, add. And yeah. it, it could go up forever. It could be like you add 1 plus 2 plus 3 plus 4 up to infinity. And so the way I was thinking about the lifeguard thing, mm-hmm. if, um, like, you know how you were saying one, like, 24 people, that's one lifeguard, but 25 isn't really that much more yep. people? If you make a series that would sort of describe your like focus as a lifeguard so like one person in the pool that's like all that's 100% of your focus yeah so then say there's two half your focus for each person right yeah yeah. if you add like one plus two plus three or my bad one plus one half plus one third plus one fourth that 
series will go up to infinity. Yeah. It, it doesn't, con- like, converge at some finite number. Yeah, it keeps going. So, like, in a sense, like, you, like, thinking about it, like, 24, or 25 isn't that much more than 24, like, won't work in that sense because of that. Because eventually you'll get to a point where you actually can't focus on that many things. Right, yeah. It's just, it's interesting, though, like, where does it, where's the cutoff? And why is, is the cutoff just one person, or is the cutoff, here's my vision. And I don't know, I'm not sure if this would work, but my vision is, in between the categories, in between the brackets, you have an area where there's, um... You're trying to account for the gray area. I'm trying to account for the gray area. It might be you're put at a disadvantage to be at the top of the running bracket or you're put at a disadvantage to be at the top of the income bracket. Yeah. Well, ideally, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I don't think it would work with the lifeguards because if you you can't really have, like, ideally you'd have, like, one point whatever how many lifeguards Mm -hmm. up until a certain point because that would be just a continuum rather than just, like, a it's... Oh, I was talking to Alden about this last night. It's instead of it being rip. Here's what it is right now. It's a piecewise function. Everyone knows what a piecewise function is, right? Nope. It's like a piecewise function is yeah. if you look at a graph, you have it'll be like um, a dot here and a dot here and a horizontal line connecting the two. Okay. And then above the second dot, there's gonna be another dot. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. But okay, you can't gotcha. connect them. It's not linear. It's not it's a nonlinear function. Okay. Um Ideally, what you'd have is a linear function where you can have 1.892 lifeguards up. Mm. Well, you obviously can't do that. You might be able to do that with money, though, um, and, and taxes. Yeah. So my... I also was... This is, I was kind of talking... Uh, said this explanation to Greg uh, maybe a week ago we were talking, but I also was thinking about this in terms of calculus, very basic calculus in that we're trying to approximate the cutoff of what what qualifies as this is when you need two lifeguards or this is when you need to pay 15% instead of 10%. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're making, you're making an approximation that it's at 25 kids in the pool, you need two lifeguards. But maybe you only need... Maybe realistically, two lifeguards could or could watch twenty six kids, or maybe one lifeguard could watch twenty four kids. You're not really sure, but you're approximating, right? Mm-hmm. And maybe you could continually, infinitely refine your approximation so that okay, we've actually we've done all these tests, and now we actually figured out one person can handle twenty four kids, or one person is actually can ha- handle thirty kids. That's doable, um, but. Um, maybe maybe you're approaching a limit in your infinite approximation of what one lifeguard can oversee, the quantity of kids the lifeguard can oversee. And given that possibility for infinite uh, reassessment, which is probably more applicable in the income situation than the lifeguard situation of, all right, what qualifies as kind of wealthy? Why isn't a dollar more considered wealthy and not kind of wealthy? Um, so you could probably go back and forth a lot and try to figure out the exact bracket of what's the just place to place the beginning of that bracket at. But 
it might just be useful logistically to pick an arbitrary point to begin the bracket just so you don't have to go through that process of considering the definition of wealthy or kind of wealthy every time you're trying to tax somebody. So I think what Greg is trying to get at is, are these brackets arbitrary in that is it is are we just randomly choosing $30,000 now you are more applicable to pay the extra 5% and maybe that's just a random and you know it's easy because it's just a set number but is there anything about that amount of wealth that makes you more wealthy than the person who has a dollar less than you I don't know maybe it's just a random choice but to set up even brackets allows the system allows a common you know system for everybody to work off of hmm. so that's kind of my take on it is that it might be worth the margin of error you might get from having some people be put worse off being at the very top of their bracket might actually be the price you have to pay to have a system have a very have a simple system that everyone can easily use yeah that was very well put the yeah. Riemann sums you were talking about, I think. Hmm? With the... You were describing Riemann sums. That, I don't know that, what that is. <laughs> yes, you do. Attaboy. Attaboy, yeah, that I was, do. That was, <laughs> that was the calculus part of yeah. it. That's like, that sort of... a really good way to think about it. Mm-hmm. It's impressive. Thanks. Thank you, Stephen. Why do we have groups, guys? Uh, I think what Nate said is probably right, and... Conformity. Was, uh, elaborate. Because we need, sometimes we need the arbitrary, we need that guideline, we need a place to fall in. Got to create order out of chaos. Yeah. Mm. So that's what I was kind of thinking about. Because, you know, sort of what you were just saying now, we could go on forever. I'm going to take this from a non-mathematical standpoint, because that's, <laughs> that's what we <laughs> um, At some point, right, you could go on forever arguing, ah, oh, maybe, you know, maybe I could, uh, I could take care of. 25 people in the pool. Maybe I could take care of 26. Maybe Alex <laughs> could take care of 29. <laughs> Alex. <laughs> Alex. Alex. <laughs> show off. Um, <laughs> however. He's on his phone the whole time. Um, <laughs> you know, it's subjective to who you're talking about. Um, yeah. Just as maybe someone's financial mm-hmm. situation being taxed 15%, they're still in a more financially feasible situation than someone else that's taxed 15% based on where they live. Um, based on, you know, a number of things. Mm. That's they owe or what they're paying for, whatever it may be. So it's important to have that. I think it's at some point they probably, you know, there probably is a reasonable position. Maybe they use mathematics to find it, that it's it's considered um, okay to make that arbitrary decision to say, like, okay, this is this is good enough, and then you have to you have to fall in here. Because I think there always there there always is gonna be that that someone is benefiting and someone is worse off because of where that line is drawn. Yep. Um, and probably any application that you have. Um, I don't really know if mathematics can find a solution to that. Because, and, and I think that that's largely due to, you know, how, this probably isn't true in every case, but how a specific situation may differ from another. Um, and, I mean, going beyond just, like, things like that and what I was thinking about when I first asked what groups are for like I think it's 
it is sort of that we just fall into as as human beings mm-hmm. grouping things in a way that we can we can understand them I think it it probably would maybe not a lot of people think about that, what happens at that line um, and you know maybe that that appeases a lot of a lot of people mm. um, being just saying that you're in that group and not thinking about what really sets you what could set you apart my uh, my my general takeaway from this um, to uh, sort of extrapolate from everyone's ideas is that basically the world is infinitely complex and infinitely chaotic to uh, to steal to steal a sentiment from uh, Jordan, Jordan Peterson, our overlord. Jordan um, B. Peterson. Jordan B. Peterson. Um, so it's the world is infinitely um, complex and disorderly, and so what humans have, have done in order to simplify the world and in order to um, in order to walk through the world as if as if we have some semblance of control over things is to delineate things into categories so that we can easily separate things just by without having to do any mental gymnastics mm-hmm. so someone s- establishes the parameters and then everyone goes along with those parameters unless those parameters need to be changed because um, that way we, c- we can bog ourselves down ourselves down with trying to figure out what these categories should be but it would take a long, long time, and we wouldn't get anything done in the meantime. So, might as well just have these categories so that we can get on with our lives and think about more pressing issues. Because while this is in, an interesting podcast topic, I'm sure it's not something that Congress people, etc., would like to spend all of their uh, waking hours on Capitol Hill debating. Mm-hmm. And that's not to say that you should never question. No. The yeah. you know what you take. Uh, I don't know if take for granted is the right word, what you just don't think about. Um, but, you know, that is a, a, a good question to think about of what's the, what's the price of infinitely questioning the, uh, where, where categories start and, and stop. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you guys, uh, any closing thoughts? No. Uh, one, one, I'm not, we're not going to have this conversation, but just listeners, if you want to take this, if you guys want to apply what you just learned in the Supply and Demand podcast and have an infinitely more difficult and controversial discussion with your friends using the same principles, the reason that me and Greg originally had this conversation a week ago is because we were talking about abortion. Yeah. And we were talking about. The, we were basically Greg was making the argument that you know a lot of the debate about abortion is uh, deciding what counts as a life or not while the fetus is in development, and Greg was like, "Oh well, if it's a life at 18 weeks, is it not a life at 17 weeks and six days?" And then you know I used the same calculus argument of are we you know how do we infinitely approximate the date that you know, the very mm. uh, gray area of when, a, when something becomes a life mm. or not. But that might be a, a, a very long discussion. I mean, maybe you guys... That's a topic for yeah, that, I mean, another that, podcast. We, yeah. could, we could do that. And that's going to have a... 
food that for has thought. Very political. Uh, tweet at us what you think about that. Yeah, exactly. That. Tweet at us. Um, I think we can have we can have a civil discussion about it, and uh, I think it's a it's an interesting topic. Yeah. Um, it's just one that's it's fraught with with conflict mm-hmm. and controversy. So I'd lo- I'd love to hear more examples of um of that arbitrary line being drawn in our society. Yeah. Like it's always interesting to think about kind of these things that we have in place and we follow them so so fervently but we when we start to think about you know how we could move that line and like yeah. what set that line in the first place it's right. it's kind of hard to <laughs> mm-hmm. to actually figure out yeah you know why why it is mhm mhm so. for sure speed limits are like one of those things you know? yeah it's like am i am i really more dangerous going 66 miles an hour than i was going 65 miles an hour like no but you are going like 75 over 65. So somewhere in between that is really where the boundary should be. Well, you're becoming a little bit more dangerous every mm-hmm. little bit you go up. That's true. I think the only way to really solve this sort of like way of thinking is like if there's something, let's say speed limits, for example, where you feel like, you know, I was only going five over, I'm not really that much more dangerous. You could talk to, you know, the whoever's in, who's in charge of speed limits, I don't actually even know. Hmm. Um, no one. What it may, who sets it? Like yeah. some sort of state government. You could talk to... Yeah. Oh, state. I mean, what, who actually sets, like, this road is this? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Who, talk to, a, talk a to a the civil sp- engineer or something like that. I don't know. Talk to the speed limit people, and you can be <laughs> like, you know, I feel like you should make another category. I feel like it should be thirty-five for this three quarters of a mile, but forty this two thirds of a mile. Yeah, yeah. I mean, making more categories. Yeah. So I was saying, like, you might end up infinitely approximating the right day, but that doesn't mean maybe doesn't mean you shouldn't try, shouldn't not try to make the infinitely <laughs> mm. correct yeah. a, a, approximation, you should just accept that you're probably not going to get the perfect. You're not going to reach the limit. Yeah, and hope that science informed why those mm-hmm. brackets were made in the first place, yes. you know. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, you know, society wasn't put together perfectly, so there are probably some imprecise, uh, imprecisely approximated rules mm. set yeah. in stone. So maybe we're just waiting for the next righteous, heroic l- lifeguard to uh, come <laughs> and disrupt after, the system. Yeah, after wisely observing how the uh, the pools of America have been run and uh, can They've been corrupted. Yeah, maybe uh, approximate the the limits a little a little better. That's right. That's right. Do you guys want? Do we have any uh, Twitter? Yeah, <laughs> we have a we have a listener. We have oh, we wow. finally have listener mail. A listener mail. That's good. That's good. This Hopefully from, it doesn't take too long. This is from Becca Nolan at twelve Becca 06, three days ago. She says, "Cats or dogs?" So I guess we'll. I go guess with, I'll just go around. Yeah. 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 Mike, we'll start with you. Okay. Uh, dogs for me. I think cats are cute, but I'm allergic to them. Okay. Um, <laughs> I think dogs. Bias. Are friendly. Okay. A little bit more receptive, mm. a little bit more fun. No, that's fair. I would agree. Dogs definitely show more of a companionship bonds than cats do, I think. However, that I think cats are easier to take care of, maybe. I mean, I would still pick dogs. I don't know. I was just trying to fight for them. I'm going to pass on this one. 
It, wow. it's, it's too it's too difficult of a decision. I usually say cats. Um, I never had dogs or cats in my house growing up. Um, and in fact, I had more friends with dogs. Um, and I agree that dogs are probably more uh, friendly and more... It's probably easier to establish a bond with a dog than with a cat. But I kind of like the concept of a cat. It's just this quiet animal that does its own thing in your house. Just just chills. Cats are cool. <laughs> yeah. You're just kind of like roommates. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next one. Winter or summer? Is this by the same person? Yes. Okay. Um, there are three questions. Oh. All of which are the same person. Should I start again? Yeah, go ahead. I believe so. Winter. Steven? Oh. <laughs> uh, That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> mm. See, this is, this is exactly like one of those things. I wish there were more categories, because I would, I would say fall, but if I, I guess if I have to. She picked the arbitrary <laughs> yeah. div- division there. It's summer or winter. I guess. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I'm, I'm too indecisive about this one, too. I'm going to go with summer. Uh, I'm going, I also would say fall, but I'm going to say winter. Um... Here's my general uh, theory about the weather. It always feels better to be warm when it's cold out than it does to be cool when it's hot out. That is actually a very good point. That's well put. There's only so much you can do to fix how hot you are. Mm-hmm. You can always keep adding layers when you're cold. It's a good good feeling when you're nice and cozy when it's cold out. Yeah. Uh, it's, wow. it's also a pretty good feeling when you're cool and it's hot out. It's also a pretty good feeling when you're not in school. That's true. <laughs> All right. Books or movies? This is the last one. Books or movies? Mike, Ooh. go ahead. Um, oh gosh, that's a tough one. Sorry, I just screamed um into the mic. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> oh. <wild. laughs> Whoa, didn't expect that. Hard-hitting questions being asked right now. Oh, man, I, I'm, I'm going to say movies. I'm going to take the movie side. Um, I've, I've Explain loved yourself. Movies. I've loved movies. <laughs> I've what? loved movies all my life. It's always been so fun for me to, um, to kind of watch the evolution of film to see people try to do different things in film and just see how technology's improved and, like, what we can do with a movie now is is really incredible. And uh, I don't know. There's something, I think, special and unique about being able to see uh, see a story unfold in front of you rather than you um, having to make one up for yourself. But also, you know, books require you to be imaginative, and that's important. Um, and you definitely should still read. That is not to say that I only watch movies, so... But I'll say movies. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's 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 a hard thing to choose. Um, all right, I'm making a pros and cons list. Here we go. Books. You get to sort of yeah. Paper no, I just. <laughs> I love the organized approach. <laughs> we need categories. Let's Nothing but it. categories. Put it on a grid. Pros. Let's go. <laughs> all right, books. Books. Um, you can be imaginative, like Mike said. Um, and that's a you can go like even a step further. Like you're sort of you sort of. You're reading a story, but, like, two people reading the same thing will have different things going on inside their head. You know what I mean? Mm. So, in a way, that makes books pretty cool. But movies, on the other hand, there's there's so much that goes into it. There's the way the, the shot is, like, done, the music, the scores that they put into it, the acting... Yeah, that's a good point. There's more dimensions of talent maybe at play yeah, than yeah. just I think, a single I, writer helming the book. I think I'll have to say movies just because I think they're, it's, it's really impressive that they can just 
mend all those things together in a, to such a work of art sometimes. Mm-hmm. And then there's, like, Sharknado. <laughs> <laughs> um, as any previous listener to the podcast would probably guess that I would say this. That didn't make any sense, but um, <laughs> I would say books. Um, I would like to explain my reasoning, though, because it's very complex. It's actually not that complex. But basically, so... Um, I think it's easier to do a fantasy book than it is to do a fantasy movie. Um, as in, it's it's easier to do a book that's not even close to realistic than it is to do a movie that is. Because we talked about this before in one of the podcast episodes. Is it, is it called The Uncanny Valley? Is that what it is? Or the Uncanny? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, which, at, at a certain point, something becomes so realistic-looking. This, is, this isn't video games normally. Yeah. Um, something becomes so realistic-looking in a video game that it's like, at a certain point, it looks not... It's like too real... It's very realistic-looking, but then there's something off, and that in your your eye is attracted to that. The, thing the that's more off realistic about it, it gets, the higher your expectations yeah. are for it to be... Mm-hmm that real I don't know yeah so with a movie I think you're seeing you're probably seeing this trend reversing um, as as technology gets better but um, you would have if you have movies that are like fantasy and they require something other than just like actors just booling around on a set if you need like computer animations to make things look um look, I don't know, like like they're supposed to look in a movie. Um, it's really hard to do that, but if it's if it's a book, all you have to do is write it down. You can imagine basically anything um, if, if you like, if you really set your mind to it. Um, so I like books for that reason. Um, also, I think you can get more attached to the characters in books, generally, which is also one of the reasons why I like TV shows. Um, because I think you can, when you have a TV show, you have, like, a longer frame of time where you can get attached to the characters. So, like, in The Office, like, you become really, like, not connected, but, like, you really know um, Jim and Pam and, like, Dwight and stuff. Um, so I would have to say books, but I'm, I've never really been a movie person, but um, as, as, I've, as I'm becoming wiser, I think I'm sort of understanding the, the value of a movie Whereas before I wouldn't, I didn't really, um, didn't really get the how much work is put into it. And like when a movie's good, you know it. Like I watched The Godfather for the first time last week or something, or a week and a half ago, and that was like really good. Mm-hmm. The acting was insanely good. The um, the book was, or not the book. Actually, there is a book. The Godfather I read that before, but like the <laughs> plot is really good. Um, there's just the the score is insane. Um, I didn't like. Yeah, if you just if you pay attention to things in movies, like almost watch a movie as if it's if, as if you're like a critic and you sort of get to you sort of like understand how much work is put into it, then you sort of appreciate it more. But I would still say books. Hmm. I have an interesting answer to this. If you were to ask me about six months ago, I probably would have chosen movies out of a process of elimination because I didn't really read, as you may have remembered whenever we did our book episode. I assume, I don't remember exactly what I said, but if I was speaking honestly, I would have said that I like would like to read, but don't really read that much. But inspired by my um, 
dutiful reader of a roommate, Greg, this summer I ordered some books off Amazon and I actually started reading and I read a bunch of uh, his historical and political books um, that I found interesting and I'm very proud to say that I read seven books this summer. So nice. just uh, in honoring, honoring that, I'm going to say books. Um, but I love a good movie too. Right. Thank cool. you for the questions. Yeah, questions. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, uh, Becca Nolan. Mm-hmm. Good kid. At Good 12, kid. Twelve, Becca, oh six or something. You like know Becca. Oh. Yeah, we're boys. Word. Um, a couple other things to um, to uh, get through before we close this out. Um, Mike, do you have a uh, any Bitcoin updates? Uh yeah. So we <laughs> talking before the. Uh, with the podcast, we decided we would... I don't know if this will be the last time, but at least for a it while. Will be. We're going to take a little <laughs> recess from Bitcoin for a while. But, um, you know, in keeping with tradition, I figured I'd give one last um, update on how my Bitcoin's doing. So if you remember, uh, at the start of last season, I invested... I guess you could call it an investment. It's not really supposed to be, but that's how people use Bitcoin. Uh, $15 worth of Bitcoin. Yep. Um... That was, that was as of last year, around this time. Maybe a little bit later. It's a little bit less than a year. But um, as of now, uh, that is down to four dollars. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! <laughs> the crash. Uh, I don't have the detailed like statistics of like how much the decline has been, but know that it was a very, very steep decline in value of Bitcoin mm. since uh, it peaked around the winter of 2017 early 2018 uh it's taken yeah it's dropped quite a bit but it has leveled uh just not where i i wanted it to <laughs> well, um, so yeah that's we're gonna leave things there for a while and yeah we'll see we'll see, see. Yeah, anything you know, four dollars <laughs> could turn into anything so rest in peace mike's bitcoin yeah 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 it's a tough loss <laughs> well uh, we've come full circle because i believe we talked about that in the first episode so we did yeah um, if you want to uh if you want to get the full story, go back to episode one and uh, see where this all yeah. began. Listen to how enthusiastic I was. Yeah. <laughs> Bitcoin's never going to decline in value ever again. I sound like you want to hear Mike with hope in his voice. <laughs> I was like staying up late reading about it and trying to like yeah. act like I knew what I was talking about. But, um, That's good. The truth is I think no one really knows anything about nope. Bitcoin nor what it will become and how it will react to the markets. Yeah. Sure. Um, it's very, very... What's the word they use in economics when something's unstable? Stupid. Turbulent. Okay. <laughs> unstable? Is it unstable? I don't know. Possibly. Ask yeah. the econ major. Up and down. When an investment isn't, like... Risky. Risky. Yeah, it's risky. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> tweet at us. Tweet at us. Supply demand underscore with the right word. It doesn't word. matter. It's we, a bad... It we is have a bad, bad <laughs> Yeah. Um, so, I just kind of want to, you know, reflect a little bit. We're uh, we're pretty, we're very happy to be starting the next season. Excited for um, a lot of big things that uh, we haven't. Big ideas, big yeah. ideas that might come into fruition in the next semester slash season of the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and with that comes a lot of uh, appreciation for our listeners. So I want to give a quick shout out to our. Uh, national and international listeners because we have statistics on that so i want to give a shout out to the west coast we have some good amount of listens from san francisco san jose and panorama city so you know 
just keep it up. I don't know who you are, but you know, we love that you're. There's no way that like, they're random listens because there's like, it's like over fifty listens from each of those cities. So someone's out there, and, and then we coast. We have some international listeners too. So I just want to give a shout out to the top three countries listening to supply and demand. Other than the United States. Other than the United States, which has about two over two thirds of the listens. Um, Brazil is number two. Because USA is number one, hmm. uh, Mexico number three, and Russia number four. Yes. Again, no collusion. It's just <laughs> <laughs> they listen to us. We don't listen to them. Yeah. <laughs> this is a purely one-way <laughs> broadcast. <laughs> they, they would be listening to us even if we weren't doing a podcast. True. Sure. Figure it out. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> There's probably more. Okay. Without keep, further ado, keep on listening. Please. Yeah, Thank tweet you at us at supply demand underscore. Um, we'll send your best regards to Alden, and uh, yes, he's, he's okay. Tweet we at just... us what you want us to tell Alden. Yep. <laughs> All right, that should be a wrap. Um, thank you for listening. Mm-hmm. Goodbye, everyone. Keep it real. Bye. Bye.